This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for joining me on this uh, June 8th edition of Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. I'm here to help you with your money questions. The number one mission of Invest Talk is to help you grow and protect your money. And one way to do that is to provide answers to your financial investment questions. So that's what we do on this show. So what's on your mind? We're, ta- we're taking calls now. You can start calling right now. 888-99-CHART is the number. Now it's Friday and our premium newsletter goes out today. Every Friday it goes out. And I share highlights from the various helpful sections in uh, on the program here. But I can tell you now, the week was light on economic report information. You know, the numbers that come out weekly. This week we didn't have a lot. The stock market improved as the, you know, the indexes are approaching, at least the NASDAQ approached, uh, got very close and broke a little bit, the uh, old highs. The S&P is not there. The Dow is there. So the broader market isn't. But, you know, it's important that, you know, what's happening, you have to understand what's happening. They're approaching those highs, but they haven't broken. The broader market has not. So we're still not in the free and clear space yet. And there's nothing to prevent a new new uh, correction. I just don't think we're ready for a new leg up. I just don't see it happening. It could. Nothing, you know, not, no, there's no predicting the market. So we'll see. Did you see how much the Federal Reserve said that the uh, the household wealth is this year? Did you see the household wealth for all the U.S.? Do you know how much it was? A hundred trillion dollars. That's a lot of money. hundred trillion. First time it's ever been that high. But now let's get to the program with one of your calls. Our anytime listener line is 888-99-CHART. And here's a call that came in earlier. Hi, guys. I'm calling with a question concerning foreign stocks or buying into a foreign ETF. So when you go to sell and have a gain, how that's taxed. Is it just regularly how you would be taxed if you bought shares in the U.S. market? Just wanted to see if there's anything different when you own foreign stock or ETF versus one that's with U.S. stocks only. I'll be listening for your answer, and thank you for your show. Well, there would be no different tax uh, treatment here in the United States. If you bought an ADR, American uh, Depository Receipt, of a foreign company traded on our exchange, and you made you know 20% on it, you'd have to pay capital gains on that money. So it'd be the same capital gains you would on an American company. Same way with, the same thing would be with an ETF. But an ETF, it goes up and you have capital gains, you just, the tax treatment is no different. So the only time it may become different is if you go out to a foreign exchange and bought the, the stock or ETF on the foreign exchange using foreign currency, and then you brought it back into the U.S., then there will be some different treatment. And you would have a, a different uh, value because there will be a, a translation in currencies. 
So that, I, I would recommend everybody stay away from that. It's too complex for you and not something you need to be bothered with. You don't need to do it. There's absolutely no reason for that. Okay? Uh, 888-99-CHAR is our number. 888-992-4278. So what's on your mind? What do you want to talk about? Because, uh, you know, we, you know our new premium newsletter goes out every Friday, right? And the first section is called the current market conditions. An ISM number came out. And, you know, the ISM number, Institute of Supply Management for non-manufacturing. There's manufacturing and non-manufacturing. Our economy is a non-manufacturing base. We, we have... It is more impacted by the non-manufacturing. So that's important. Came in at 58.6, up from 56.8. What does that mean, that number? Well, anything above 50. Anything above 50 means the economy is expanding. Anything below 50 usually means the economy is shrinking. So we're pretty healthy at 58.6. That's pretty darn healthy. One number that was disappointed this week was the productivity, a revision of the first quarter productivity. They revised it downward. It was already at a weak seven-tenths of 1% growth. They revised it down to four-tenths of 1% growth. And that's growth and productivity. That's that's very weak. You know, we should be 2 3% on average, and we haven't seen that in a long time. So that's kind of a, kind of a concern because it goes to your... Your standard of living, the least, the lower it is, the worse your standard of living is. So, it's a concern. It really is. On the portfolio management side of this, we talked about uh, bonds and interest rates. Do you know what the word convexity means? Because that is a risk when you buy a bond. Your com- the convexity. And the newsletter explains what that means. So, you got to know somebody, what? You have to know these things when you buy bonds. And the Consumer Watch, I talked about IRAs and 401ks and rolling them over into other type of accounts. Like if you have an old 401k, where can you roll it roll it over? Can you And what are the task consequences if you roll it over to a not, you know, there are just different things that you can do with 457s, 407s, and where you can roll them over without a penalty or a cost. What are the types of accounts? So I thought that was something that I should share with you. So uh, let's see. And finally, of course, there's a couple of stock ideas in there. We, we we do have a couple of those. Uh, and I mentioned the stocks. Uh, one of them I really liked, uh, and I'll even mention it here. And these are just ideas, right? I'm not making suggestions. Did you buy it or don't buy it? Dominion Energy. Symbols D. We can't really recommend stocks. That's why I generally don't mention these on the air, uh, what visual stocks they are. But I do like that one. Uh, and, the, you know, if, and portfolio management section, it was about bonds. And so that was the newsletter. You subscribe. It comes out every Friday. You can subscribe to it uh, on investtalk.com. Investtalk.com, the premium newsletter. Uh, there's a money back guarantee, of course. I always do that. Just go to investtalk.com and you can you can take a look at it if you want. Now, all those numbers may have given us the rise to some questions. So we're taking your financial investment calls right now. Our anytime number is 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278.
Now, what are we going to talk about? What's our talking points? How long should you keep your airline credit card? Have you got one of those? I don't. I've never had one. But how long should you keep one if you have it? So we'll take a look at that. And some of the other things I want to talk about, why indexing might not work so well in the future going forward. Why wouldn't it? I'll tell you some of the problems with it going forward. Household wealth tops $100 trillion, as I mentioned. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit more detail. And uh, we talked about bonds on the newsletter, convexity. Uh, you know, usually U.S. Treasury is a safe haven. And that's where you go if the market starts to go bad. You know, you can hide from the market. May not be a good place to hide. May not work going forward. And all has all has uh, all has something to do with the unwinding of quantitative easing by a Federal Reserve. Yeah, you know that when interest rates go up, bond values go down, right? We know that the Fed is raising rates, but if some happens in the economy, what will they do? They'll lower the rates, but will the rates actually go down? Remember what rates they control and what the rates they don't control. They don't control almost all interest rates out there. Anyways, the market today was up. The Dow was up 75, the NASDAQ up 10, and the S&P up 9. So it was a pretty good up week, a good week um, for the market. And we haven't seen one of those in a while. So it was, uh, it was good. Will this continue? No one knows. I can't, you know, I could sit here and predict what I think is going to happen. And I usually give you an idea when I look further out what I think might happen. But those are, you know, those predictions are very, very difficult. And I tell you not to rely on them. It's not something that you can just know. No one knows the future. No one. This is Invest Talk. I'm financial advisor Steve Peasley. We haven't seen it in a long time, rising interest rates, right? Interest, did you notice the, Fed, the mortgage rates came down the last week or two? So they peaked, but they're not rising now. Remember, the Fed doesn't control those or any other rates except the overnight rate. But we are in a rising interest rate environment. How high is it going to go? How, 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 how much money can you earn on bonds? Do you got questions about bonds or interest rates? We can help. You can get through right now at 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk is here to help you grow your money. The more you listen, the more you learn. We are taking your questions now. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. We're going to talk to Lee and Sam Mateo. How are you doing, Lee? I'm doing fine. Thank you so much for taking my call. I am Thank interested you. in investing in AT&T, and I wanted your thoughts on that. And if so, what would be good entry price? Okay, I think the price to enter is right around where it is, between thirty-two and thirty-three dollars, and it's at thirty-three eighty-three. It's moved up from thirty-two okay. fifty in the last three days, so it's a good entry place right now. Uh, it pays a 5.9% dividend, and it's a very solid dividend. So it's going to pay that dividend. Uh, and okay. uh, the, the, the P.E. ratio is only 11. It's going to be mm -hmm. 10 next year, and the five-year range is 10 to 16. So it's at the very low part of its P.E. range. So I think this is where you buy it. I really okay. do. I think this is where Thank you buy you. it. Thank you. Okay? 
Thank you, Thank you for so the call, much. Lee. I appreciate Please, it. Please, Steve. Thank you. May I ask yes. you a quick question? Okay. Now, sure. I uh, bought Walmart when it was rather high, around 96. And I'm thinking uh-huh. of just getting rid of it, uh, and I would take about 3,000 lots. Would it be wise to uh-huh. uh, do that, or should I try to hang on to it? I, you know, it depends on what your reasons for buying it. My personal feeling is that you should hold on to Walmart. But do you need the tax loss? Did you buy it in a taxable account or a non-taxable account? Lee? Okay. If you bought it in a taxable account and you need the loss to apply to other gains, then you could sell it now, wait 31 days, and buy it back. Because I think Walmart is a good long-term blue chip kind of stock that you want to hold on to. This is my feelings on Walmart. Let's go to Mike in San Jose. How you doing, Mike? Good, thank you, Steve. I was wondering if you can look at OLED's uh, symbol and give me your opinion. Is it a good buying point? O-L-E-D. Is that the symbol? O-O-L-E-D? Is that Universal Display Corporation? Yes. Okay, it does, designs organic light-emitting diodes devices for flat panel displays used in the consumer electronics market. It's a $4.5 billion company, so it's a mid-cap stock. The most recent sales quarter, they lost 22% of their sales. Before that, they were growing very, very strong. And it might be, uh, I don't know why. I'd like to know why. Before that, they were growing a 50 to 100% a quarter in their sales. But this most recent quarter, the March quarter, they lost 22%. And that's probably why the market took a dive. I mean, that's why the stock took a dive. But is it a good value now? They're going to make $3.43 next year after making only $1.83 this year. It's a $96 stock. So it's still expensive. Uh, it's going to be 30 plus PE, Mike. Uh, this would be a high risk play, and I wouldn't take it myself because that the sales are a little bit erratic. Okay, appreciate the call. There are no there. There are so many places to give financial advice. I think you should know that here at Invest Talk and at KPP Financial, we go out of our way to give you the straight stock, straight story, the facts facts about financial terms and everything else. Try to anyways. Why not give us a call? Our anytime listener line number is ready at 888-99-CHART. Why do you listen to Invest Talk? Probably because you work hard for your money. You want to grow it and protect it, right? Well, that's what we do. Offer advice and commentary designed to produce results for you. Steve is here now taking your calls. 888-99-CHART. Now, we haven't talked much about credit cards because you know I don't like you to carry credit card debt. I think that's foolish, you know, to pay that much interest on credit card debt. But I do believe you should use credit cards because it goes to your credit score. You need, you, you need, you should have a high credit score. That means you pay off the credit card debts every month. But what kind of credit card? do you get? What kind of credit card do you have? Now, I read an article today. It's about the airline credit cards. And for me, there's not much attraction for the airline credit cards. Yeah, they give you a bunch of bonuses up front. 
bonus points and all that for airline travel. But after that, after that first year, it's kind of worthless. I, I kind of like, I, I have the Costco card, the city card, the Visa. I like that because I get 2 or 3% back in a form of a check every, I don't know, quarter? I don't know how often I get it, just get back. And I can use that money. So it's like getting, you know, 2 or 3 discount on everything I buy, 2 or 3% discount including gasoline, and anywhere I use it, not just in Costco, anywhere. So I kind of like that, but there's that, you know, that's me. There's other credit cards that do the same kinds of things, give you cash back. I like that cash back aspect of them. But we remember, we, we meaning you and you, my audience, you guys out there, do not carry credit card balances. We pay them off every month. Don't get into the trap. I know a lot of you do. Don't get into it where you, you know, buy more than you need and buy more than you have. And, you know, people talk about, well, I'll take this $20,000 in credit card debt and I'll refinance it into my house mortgage and I'll pay off that high expensive credit card debt. You know, that's foolish. You know why it's foolish? Have you ever looked at a mortgage and figured out how much your monthly payments are over 30 years if you get a 30-year mortgage and how much money you actually really are paying for that money that you borrowed? You borrow $500,000, you are going to end up paying a million. So when you're, when you're rolling your credit card balance into your mortgage, you're, you're paying twice as much for all the stuff that you put on on a credit card. Pay the credit card debt off every month. Don't get into that buying on credit and let it roll. The banks will love you if you do it. And if you do that and that's your habit, you'll never be wealthy because it's too expensive of debt. And you're not buying assets with it. You buy assets, things that appreciate, not depreciate. Okay, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Now, if you wake up during the night with an investment question, I'm sure that happens to everybody, right? <laughs> but if you do, there's no need to wait. You still can call anytime or anytime listener line. 888-99-CHART is a number. It's, it's always on. So here's a question that came in earlier. Hey, this is Jamal from Virginia. Really appreciate the show, and thank you for your informative answers. I want you to know two questions. First off, if there is a significant correction in the markets, will treasury yields go up as investors flee equities, even if the Fed maintains the same fund rate or even if it lowers the fund rate? Um, and then secondly, what are the downsides of equity REITs? If they're based off of rental income, which is pretty recession resistant, then why would a correction impact the distributions on REITs? Thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Um, equity REITs. Um, REITs are real estate investment trusts, everybody. So they are subject to rises, rise and fall of interest rates. Not just what the dividend they pay and how much money they make, but the rise and fall of interest rates or the perceived future rise and fall of interest rates. So you have to pay attention to that. And if the market corrects down 10%, that won't mean anything, or even up to 20 if a market crashes, yes, the Fed will probably then start to lower rates. Lower rates. They'll try to lower rates to get the economy back rolling. 
But it's only in the fear of a, of, of a, um, a economic slowdown, a recession, that the Fed will make any strong moves to lower rates. They're in a raising rate environment mood right now, and that's probably going to continue. But I am going to talk about, I am going to talk about that. It's one of my talking points, treasuries as a safe haven, uh, and why that may not be the case. So it was a good, timely question there. So appreciate it. 888-99 chart. My talking points today are going to be household wealth dropped $100 trillion for the first time. Uh, so I'm talking about treasuries and why indexing may be more difficult going forward. We'll talk about that. How about investment term? Here's an investment term you should know. Factor return. Factor return. What's the definition? The return attributable to a particular common factor. We decompose asset returns into common factor components based on the assets exposure to common factors times the factor returns and a specific return. Now, I bet you didn't get anything out of that because I, you know, I think that's still confusing to most people. Now, over at Nasdaq.com, they host a glossary of more than 8,000 investing terms, and you know I like Investopedia.com as well. So you can get these terms from those two sources. Ask us now, 888-99-CHART. What's coming up on the Nest Invest Talk on Monday? Tips to help protect your portfolio. Tips, treasury inflation protected bonds. That's Monday. But right now, I'm here to answer your financial questions. 888-99-CHART. Our podcast continues next. The process of investing is more than just picking stocks. Investing begins with savings, of course, and along the way, there are issues about taxes and then estate planning and on and on. KPP Financial clients have a ready resource of information about any and all of these personal financial matters. All they need to do is ask. Managing your money gets more complex every day, and there are more options than the average person could possibly comprehend. And when we're confronted with too many choices, research shows that people put off decisions, important decisions. Most times, that's not productive. KPP Financial's philosophy is the more their clients know, the more successful they'll be, and the more predictable their future will be. KPP Financial, serving the average investor, helping them find solutions. Now let's continue with the podcast. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where their mission is helping you grow and protect your money. How can they do that? Which of their special programs are best suited for your financial situation? Well, you can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. Even better, contact Steve through a message on Invest Talk. Start on the Contact Us top menu link. Or call them now with your questions. 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So household, household wealth topped $100 trillion. That was the first time ever. First time. Meaning, add up all the households out there, how much money they have. And of course, that's a, that was driven a lot by the... Uh, the uh, Increase in property values, 
but also stock markets. The household debt rose to 3.3%, and that's been that been in that range for a number of years. So that really is not a concern. The federal government debt skyrocketed 15%. So federal government debt shot up. And of course, corp, there is corporate debt, but it's not a big deal either. 2.6 billion, that really doesn't don't mean anything. So what does it really mean? Well, improving job market have put households in a much better financial position. Values of houses have gone up. Uh, so it means that everybody is pretty healthy financially, and that generally translates into spending. Generally translates into spending. And, of course, our economy is driven by the consumer. So consumer spending makes up, what, 66 70% of the economy, somewhere in that range. And that then tells us that our economy should keep growing and corporate earnings should keep going up, even though I don't see a lot of revisions uh, recently of uh, increasing them. And usually this is about the time we start to see revisions to corporate earnings. And it usually are higher if, uh, if, they, um, if they think it's really going to be good. But, you know, remember, remember every quarter they try to, they meaning the experts, try to make sure we beat the, their own expectations, that their actual earnings will beat the expectations of those earnings. And they lower them during the quarter. And then they start to adjust them in the last month, which is now, uh, to maybe come a little bit closer. So I keep an eye on if they're lowering those projections or down, lower, raising them. What are they doing? And they're not doing much of anything right now, it looks like to me. So we'll see. This is Invest Talk, everybody. 888-99 Charter is our number. 888-992-4278. Let's go to let's go to another caller who called in earlier. Called the listener line and the same number. 888-99 Chart. Hi, Steve. Justin, this is Sanket, uh, long-time listener. Uh, just had a, a couple of questions related to to Chinese internet companies, Vivo, ticker symbol WIBO, and um, Baidu. Just wanted to know your thoughts on both these companies. Both of them have taken a hit in the last um, couple of weeks. Uh, just wanted to see if this would be a good time for a growth play. Uh, look forward to hearing uh, your response. Thank you. Well, let's just take one. Let's take Baidu. And I, I picked Baidu simply because, you know, as a Chinese provider of Internet search targeted online advertising and other internet contact services. So it's like the Google of the Chinese uh, marketplace. Um, and I, I don't see, all, what I see is just a higher highs and higher lows on the stock. It is a $91 billion company. It's expensive, but not you know, ridiculously expensive. They're going to make $12.70 next year. That's 20% more than this year. And it's a 20, $263 stock. So you're looking at, what, a 21-22 PE, and the five-year range is 16 to 41. Turn equity is very healthy at 22%. This, you would buy it. You know, if you're going to be in the Baidu, you know, you buy it here. It fell to recently to about 240, and it's now 263. Uh, the, uh, before it fell to 240 in May, uh, it was at 285.
fell sharply for over three days. I wonder if that was a disappointment in earnings or sales. But sales are growing, you know, in the most recent quarter, 36%. That's pretty good for a $91 billion company. Huge cash flow. They don't pay a dividend. You're buying it for the growth. So, yeah, this is, I would, you can buy it here. Over the past few weeks, we've been introducing you to the investment programs of KPP Financial, our company, Balanced Income, as we have a program called the Balanced Income, and it's kind of a, it's a blend of growth and in, uh, growth and uh, uh, income, growth and income. Well, how do we get that income? Because the goal is all income in this program. That's the goal. We like the growth, but the primary goal is to produce income. Uh, so it's, you know, to accommodate people who want to take lower risk, have a lower risk tolerance, but still want some potential for growth in the stock market. So it's like a 50% bond ladder uh, of the portfolio and the other 50% in stocks. And we'll, you know, sometimes we use cash also for some defensive purposes if we want to. But you can get a complete description of the program if you, at investtalk.com and ask your questions now. You can call me right now, 888-99-CHART. Each month, Steve schedules one-hour meetings with InvestTalk listeners to answer important questions about their retirement portfolio. Questions like, how much cash do you have on hand? Do you have exposure internationally? Maybe, are you over-diversified? Is your broker providing you with what you need to succeed? And are you cutting losses and letting runners run? Well, if you're not near the KPP Southern California offices, Steve can meet with you via Skype or on the telephone. It's easy. If you'd like to set up a time, just go to investtalk.com, click on the Invest Talk tab, then click Portfolio Review. We're taking your calls now, 888-99-CHART. Okay, let's go to Brandon in Los Angeles. How are you doing, Brandon? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you doing on this Friday? I'm doing good. Appreciate the call. Uh, thanks. No problem. I uh, just wanted to ask, you know, I really like Microsoft, uh, but I noticed on the graph for just one year, they are at some some highs. You know, is it worth it to yep. get in now and just, you know, ride it out? For, you know, I, I, I'm 27. I plan on staying with them until I'm old. Um would you, should well, I, I care about trying to find a good price to get in at, or how should I do that? Well, you could buy it here, and Brandon, if you promise me to leave it alone for the next 10 years, you'll do just fine. You won't have, it'll make money. I think Microsoft has some really good prospects uh, because of the areas that they're getting into and have been getting into for a number of years. So I really think they have good prospects, and apparently so do a bunch of other people. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to get a pullback here before the before November. I wouldn't be surprised, but I can't tell you it's a pullback from a higher price, Brandon, or from here at this price. Uh, if it was me and I wasn't in a big hurry, I'd probably wait for the pullback because I do think that you know you you probably get it from you can get it for maybe five or ten percent low below this current price, and if you did, that would be you know, a good place to buy it. Or, again, you can buy it today and just ignore it. Or you can take a middle road. You can buy half your position now and half a position if and when it pulls back. You can do that too. Mm, yeah. 
that makes sense. Well, I appreciate okay. that. Thank you so much. Thanks, Brian. And Microsoft, MSFT, everybody. And I don't go over the what they do, you know, because everybody knows. But uh, it's been doing, it's done very well in this last year, up about 30% a year. Let's go to Will in San Diego. Wants to talk about Conical, uh, not Conical Phillips, but uh, COP, which is, yeah, it is Conical Phillips. Conical Phillips. How are you doing, Philip? Will? Well, pretty good, Steve. Yeah, I've owned this for uh, a few years now, and I'm wondering if it's time to uh, get out of it or does it have more room to run? Well, it's kind of expensive now. <laughs> you know, it wasn't before, but now it kind of is. They're going to make really good money in 2018, $3.88 this year. That's after only making $0.61 cents last year. Next year, they're only going to make $3.87. So they're going to lose a, a penny per share. They're not going to, you're at its peak, Will. And okay. I think you're at its peak and price for the while. I, I really do. The PE is 41. Uh, but next year, the PE will be 20, 25 which is still kind of high for a company that, you know, usually grows only 10, 15%, but the high price of oil has really helped it. But I will, I think, I think the value is no longer there. It's, it's pretty much overvalued. I think the value is closer to, you know, 60 bucks and it's at 69 now. So you're telling me, I can probably get out. (laughs) Or, Maybe take some off the table. I, I, you know, I can't see oil prices going much higher. I mean, they could obviously, but I don't think they will. Yeah. And it's already built into the stock. Everybody knows the high price yeah. of oil. It's already built in. So right. I'm a little concerned. Well, well, would okay? that go for about basically all the oil companies? Or they all? Yes. If you standards? if you're not, yeah, kinda. Um, but if you like, let's talk about like Exxon Mobil or Chevron. Part of the reason why you bought that, if you did, would probably be the dividend, and the dividend's you know not going away. So you may not want to sell it because you you like that dividend, and yeah, it goes down, it goes up, it goes down. But ConocoPhillips only pays 1.6% dividend, so it's not really a dividend right. payer per se. You know, right. so makes me a bit nervous. How's that? Well, yeah, <laughs> okay. I would take okay. some off the table Thanks. if you got a really good profit. Right. Appreciate I, the call. Let's see. Thank you. Okay, yeah, that's good. Thanks, Will. COP Conical Phillips, good company. Nothing wrong with it. You know, it, uh, it, it, you know, production of crude oil, natural gas in 17 countries. It's huge. 81 billion dollar company. You know, great company. There's nothing wrong with. It. You can hold on to it forever, and you'll do fine. But it's gotten ahead of itself. That's all. It, that's all I'm telling you. It's gotten ahead of itself. Okay. Why indexing might not work going forward. Okay, why is that? Indexes work so good over the time. I'm not saying that it won't work. It just won't work like it has worked. Everybody got told, you know, love it. One of the reasons is we're at the end of a super, super cycle debt of debt. Okay, when that happens and interest rates start to rise, you got to remember the stock market competes for money against bond market and if interest rates rise and you're making more in your bonds more and more and more going forward the stock market doesn't look so good so if you're buying the entire stock market it may not work so good baby boomers are retiring 
And remember, GDP is going to probably slow because of that. More and more and more. Think about Japan. You know, they don't, they can't replace, they have, their, 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 their population is getting older and older and older and less workers in the workforce. Well, the U.S. has the same issue, but to a much lesser degree. Remember, government has to support the old people with Medicare and Social Security. So does that mean they're going to tax more, less profits for corporations? Or how about uh, middle class, stagnant incomes in U.S., Japan, Germany? Incomes in the middle class is stagnant. And the one bright spot that might help is the East, the rise of the East, Asia I'm talking about, where they're getting wealthier and wealthier and wealthier. But will that, how much will that help our market, the S&P 500? Remember, we're talking about indexing. And maybe you should buy things in their markets, foreign markets. Remember, I'm talk, the, art, the whole point of this is maybe indexing may not work so well going forward. There's reasons for that. And so you just got to, you know, you take a look at the, and I'm, I'm talking about the big picture here. Take Sitting back and looking at the big picture. And the big picture is going forward is not nearly as positive for the, the broad market indexes as they might be for certain sectors and certain areas of the world. And, you know, so you might want to be more, more targeted going forward as opposed to having broad index funds. That's what I'm talking about, by the way. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. I want to get to uh, why treasuries may not be a safe haven. It may not be a safe haven going forward. Why is that? Um, we're offline, guys. 888-99-CHART. We're going to pick up another voicemail, if we may. Hey, Steve or Justin. I was calling to find out what you thought about Johnson & Johnson, J&J. &J. It's hitting around a 52-week low, and I just wondered if you thought that was a value buy right now or you think it's going to continue to go down to around looks like 100 has good support. Call this on the podcast. Thanks. Bye. Okay. Yeah, you're right about 100. It's very good support. Um, uh, Johnson Johnson, everybody, it's a $332 billion company. That's huge, right? We all know that it's huge. $332 billion. Uh, develops healthcare products, drugs, consumer staples, that kind of stuff. Um, and their sales are always growing. They're growing about 13% last quarter, 12% the quarter before that, 10% the quarter before that. <coughs> Excuse me. And earnings are growing 6 to 10%. So you really, and you'll buy this kind of company, you want to buy it on a dip. And it fell from 146 all the way down to 122, 20, 120, and today's 124. So yeah, this is where you buy it. You don't, you know, pays a 2.9% dividend. If you want to own Johnson Johnson, you buy it when it falls. And it has fallen. So yeah, buy here. Will it go to lower? It could. If it does, buy more. It's Johnson Johnson. Not going away. 888 chart is our number, everybody. Give me a call. Monday on Invest Talk. 
tips to help protect your portfolio. That's Monday. Got a phone handy? Well, if you've got a question, we've got the answer. Steve's here right now taking your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hello, my name is Maira, and I'm calling because I took out a loan for my 401k, and I was recently laid off from my job. I have a 13000 loan still outstanding, and I also have some extra cash that I got for my severance package. So I was wondering what you would recommend. Should I pay off the 13000 loans, and or should I not just pay the taxes and keep the cash as a safety net. Thank you so much. I pay off the loan. Why? Because it's not, you know, when you take money out like that and a loan and you don't pay it back, you're going to have to pay income tax and a penalty. 10% penalty on whatever you took out plus income tax. I would pay back the loan. But you probably should go talk to your accountant about your finances as far as taxes are concerned. Uh, you may be able to extend that loan because you were laid off for a long time. But my gut reaction, my gut response is pay back the loan. This is your retirement account. This is not your emergency fund. This is not something you dip into buy a car. This is, this is your retirement for your retirement. You have to pretend that you don't even own it. You can't, can't, you can't dip into it. It's not, it's not a wise thing to do, dip it into that. So don't do that. I mean, yeah, if, you know, the needs are dire, I agree, I understand you have to, but I would do anything in my power not to do it because you need that for your old age. You need it for later. Okay? Please, 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 don't touch it. Okay, don't count on the U.S. Treasury as a safe haven. Now, normally, normally, and this is what I'm talking about, Normally, what happens is, first of all, you know that the Federal Reserve has $4 trillion on its balance sheet. And what they're doing is they're letting the loans run off. They, they, don't, they mature. They don't take that money that they mature and then reinvest it. They don't, they're not doing that. They're, gonna, they're trying to reduce their balance sheet. This is quantitative tightening. Remember quantitative easing? This is called quantitative tightening. They're trying to do it slow. So what? So therefore, think about that for a minute. Therefore, they're not in the market to buy U.S. Treasuries or mortgages or anything right now. They're not going to be buyers. They have been huge buyers during the recession and years after it, right? But now they're not. So at the same time, the Federal Reserve is also raising their overnight rate, which is the rate they interest rate they charge banks, and the banks usually pass that increase in the rate onto their customers, so a higher loan to you and me, higher cost of the loan. So what happens in the next you know, financial downfall, uh, stock market or recession? Normally what happens is the Federal Reserve would try to lower the rates, would lower the overnight rate, because that's the only rate they control, and that would mean uh, they, the, mortgage, the treasuries would go up in value, because as interest rates rise, they go down in value. And remember, when the market crashes, people run to the bond market thinking there's safety there. You know, I don't have to worry about it. But what's going to happen is the, one of the biggest buyers is no longer buying these treasuries. 
interest rates may not go down. In fact, they might even go up for the treasuries. And if they go up, the value of those treasuries goes down. So as you're trying to hide from the market, you're actually losing money in the bond market too. That is very possible. No one really knows how this is going to play out. I mean, you have $200 billion running off the uh, books at, of, of the Federal Reserve this year, and then I think it's $400 billion next year. So there's that much money that's not going to be reinvested into bonds. So if there's fewer bonds buyers out there, usually that means interest rates rise because the government is going into huge debt. They need more, more money. If they're going to buy more money and one of the biggest buyers of their debt is no longer buying, which was the Federal Reserve, interest rates will probably go up. And remember, when interest rates go up, bond values go down. So you see the the, the confusion of what's happening. This, this stupid quantum easing that they did for years, it's going to be with us for years trying to unwind it. It's very difficult. Very difficult to understand how this is going to work out. That's it for this week. I hope you have an enjoyable weekend, everybody. And if our topics today made you hungry for more information, take a moment to send me a message through investtalk.com. Go to the Contact Us link. Scroll down and send me a message or question. I'll answer it. Okay? I'm Steve Peasley. And for Justin Klein, everybody at KPB, thank you for listening today. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.